0: Raise your hand. The ushers have one of these little time frames. Really a duplicate of this, but since you couldn't put that in your pocket, we got you these ones that you can stick in your Bible. So if you need one of these, you haven't got one, please raise your hand so that uh, you can kind of take it home and look at it and kind of follow us through and all that type of stuff. Hallelujah. In this you see a time period that previous before... The rapture of the church that exists approximately 2,000 years. In that 2,000 year period, we see the redemption that Jesus brings to us, and then we see the rapture of the church, and then we begin 15 chapters of the book of Revelations, and then we step into another section. There are three things that are to be unveiled in the vision that John had. John is only the second of two people that have ever been to heaven and were allowed to come back and could report what they saw. The first is found in uh, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. This is the Apostle Paul. He is limited to what he can say second corinthians the 12th chapter and verse 1 through 4 he is limited to what he can say because there are certain secrets that were not ready to be unveiled and god has his plan and his purpose his called of vessels for carrying out the gospel and the purpose of Paul was not to carry out the revelation of heaven. It was to write the epistles to the Gentile church. The word heaven is used about 500 times in the Bible. So it's not something that is just, you know, put there in a few places. It's listed 500 times and used for directives and always speaks about the place of the dwelling place of God, the home of the Almighty and the eternal home of those that have been redeemed in first in second corinthians 12 1, and it says it is not expedient for me to doubtless to glory for i will come to visions and revelations of the lord now i do understand that there are all types of people that have went to heaven and some went there with really nothing of value that we would think that we could harvest out of their visitation They went and they saw things and, you know, some seemed to be wild things, but heaven is a wild place. So whether they went there or not, I don't know. I really don't need to know because it wasn't me. So, uh, you know, we can judge people and all that kind of stuff, but I believe that people do go to heaven and I do believe I have uh, two friends that have been to heaven and have a third acquaintance that they have been to heaven and they tell the same story. So and of course there's always the theologians well why did God take him to heaven I don't know why did Enoch go to heaven why did Elijah go to heaven why didn't they taste of death but Moses died on the mountain with God I don't know but I do know that heaven is not to be some place of mystery to us it is our eternal home and our abode with God and then it says this <coughs> I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord, which should be common to believers. And it says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows such an one caught up into the third heaven. So Paul says, I don't know if it was in the body. I don't know if it was out of the body. So we do understand that people can go to heaven physically, and they can go to heaven in a vision or they can go in heaven by spirit so we know there are different ways to go to heaven and all of these are important but paul says i did not i could not remember or reckon whether it was my physical body or whether i was just in a vision and it says and i knew such a man whether in the body or out of the body i cannot tell god knoweth how that he that man was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not unlawful or not lawful for men to speak. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself will I not glory, but in mine infirmities or my weaknesses. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above. Myself which he seemeth me to be Or that he heareth of me And then we do know that the devil Loose a uh, messenger From Satan To hinder or to buffet Paul Because of the revelations that he saw Remember these revelations Would escalate Paul Into a place of greater faith Because we know that faith Cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God Whether it's by the eye or by the ear Now there is a very Unique thing in there how many of you remember the story of paradise in luke the 16th chapter where lazarus the uh, poor man went to paradise and jesus told the man on the cross you'll be with me today in paradise now paul tells us that he ascends to paradise now before this ascension or before the resurrection of jesus christ jesus went into a place called hell there were two parts of that hell there was the uh, the lowest part of the damned and then there was the upper part which was called the abraham's bosom which was paradise that paradise is now in heaven paul said i was caught up to paradise he says that he seen things in heaven so we know that the paradise that was abraham's bosom is now joined to heaven So we never have to worry about that anymore, struggle about it, or have questions about it. There's always questions. Well, you know, is paradise the same as heaven? No, now it has been engrafted into heaven. So paradise doesn't exist. Paul uses that, but he doesn't uh, force the issue. Now let's go to uh, Revelations and see the second man that is caught up to heaven, and he comes back, but he comes back with an intense commandment to unveil what he has seen. And so he's supposed to preach what he sees and reveal what he uh, has comprehended in this vision. And uh, let's look at uh, verse 17. Revelations 1, 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Now, we always say or we hear people say, you know, Jesus has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Well, we understand what you're saying, but it's not in the Bible that he has that. But he does have power over hell and death. And that's what he has the keys to. Yeah. Sometimes we just swallow stuff. We never, ever check what's going down. And uh, then let's uh, look at verse 19. Now, this is the crux of the book of Revelations. Write the things which thou hast seen. That is the revelation of Jesus Christ's authority over hell and death over his glorified resurrected state and his work in redemption creating or granting to the believer a new identity. In Revelation 1, uh, 5, 6, and 7 tells that he's made us kings and priests unto our God. So he reveals that which he saw. And then he says this, and the things which are, that is the present state. That state is talked about in chapters 2 and 3. These are the seven churches. This is a state of the present-day church. This is a present-day truth. It's not a truth that was just in a time frame in Revelations. What Jesus sees in the church, he continues to see in the church because men and women, there's nothing uncommon that's undertaken any man that's not common to all of us. So when Jesus gives us these directives that we studied in the seven churches, we have to understand that that is what is now. It is in reality now. It is a present truth. And that present truth will then be changed at the rapture of the church. And then he says this, and the things which shall be hereafter. So now we have three sections of Revelations. The first section is this right here, where he sees Jesus, where he sees that which is and that which has been, that which is and that which is to come. That is the first section. And then he sees these things which are the condition of the seven churches. And Jesus doesn't reveal this to condemn us. He reveals it to us to call us to repentance. And then the third section of Revelation starts in chapter 4 and 5. But really, that is a part of the rapture of the church. So it starts in Revelation 6 through 19. So there are three parts of Revelation. One is when John sees Christ. The other is when he sees the condition of the church. And the third is when he sees that which is to come. And so we do know that it's going to come because that which God has said is going to happen. Could get an amen. All right, so we begin to see that in this content that there is a purpose of God. And that purpose is that we are convinced and the world knows that something is going to happen. There is going to become a catastrophic end to the existence of man. And there's nothing that anyone can do about it except to prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and be prepared to the point that you and I can escape it by grace and faith in Christ Jesus. That is the only way to escape it. We know, whether they want to call it global warming or whatever it might be, is that there is going to be a catastrophic End, could have get an amen, end to that which has been and that which is today in reality. So, we as Christians believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Therefore, we are in preparation. Could have get an amen? Now, in this time frame, and I'm just laying a foundation because once we get into all this, it, it's just a lot but we want to reiterate so that you and I know where we're at so that we don't have to walk around with a book this thick to repeat everything that we're learning but that these things get inscribed in our heart amen and so we have to realize that these events that have been taken place are for a divine purpose he shows the reality of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ reveals himself to John, I am he that was and is and is to come. So Jesus tells John, I am in every facet of what I'm about to show you. I am he that is in the past, in the present, and I will be in the future. And so when we come out of this right here, the vision, then we go into the reality of the seven churches. Now in this, we also get into Revelations and Revelations needs to be understood from verse, from chapter 6 to chapter uh, 22 is a time of judgment. It is not a time of judgment to the godly, but it is a time of judgment to the ungodly. Does that mean that they'll get saved? No. The Bible says that they will still scoff and curse God and ask that the mountains will fall on them, but they will not repent and this is known in verse from chapter 6 to 22 is known as a time of tribulation there there are three parts of tribulation there is a part of tribulation that takes place against the believer and against the church today we suffer it uh, whether it's the devil coming to steal the word through tribulation whether it's from false prophets false Christians Christians that are carnal, Christians that do not believe. And so we know that we're going to suffer tribulation. Now, have we really had tribulation? Not much. Not in America. Uh, So we've really not had this persecution. But the time will come when chapter 6 through 22 will go into play. And from chapter 6... Down through, uh, I think it's uh, verse 16, what we have is a great tribulation. The great tribulation is mentioned one time in Revelation 7, 14. The great tribulation is a tribulation that cannot be imagined, cannot be defined. It's kind of like hell. You know, there is no definition of hell. We say, oh, well, it's like the Valley of Gehenna. Well, those were just symbolisms or symbolic because there's nothing in the human mind that can comprehend total torment 24 hours a day for eternity. You, you can't do it. And so when this tribulation comes, this tribulation will last three and a half years up to this point. After this, we enter into a time where tribulation not has such been known to man. No matter how bad it's been, it has never, ever been measured, nor is there anything to be compared with it. And this happens in the last three and a half years of a seven-year time period. Now, the seven-year time period that this lasts through up to this point, this point here ends the tribulation, the seven-year period. This seven-year period right here ends here at the millennial, which is a 1,000 years, where Jesus reigns with his saints here on planet Earth. That 1,000-year passes. The devil is released for a season. And then at the end of that season, Jesus consumes Satan and all of the people that have been deceived while living here on planet Earth. The planet Earth is repopulated by those that have come out of the great tribulation that have not died. And so there will be Gentile and there will be Jew, but they have not ascended unto heaven. They come down, they're separated from the good vessels and the bad vessels. The good vessels are set on the right. These are the people that will repopulate the world. We as Christians will return with Christ to the earth, and we will work with these people ...that do not know God or have never lived by faith. And these people will populate the earth. Well, man, how long is it going to take? It'll be populated in a thousand years for sure. Nobody's going to die. There is no sickness, no disease. The devil is bound. So it will populate as fast as it did with Adam and Eve... ...except if there's 50 couples... It'll be 50 times faster. If there's 100 couples, it'll be 100 times faster. How many people are on planet Earth today? How many? 7 billion billion people will know this, that when Satan is loosed, there's going to be that many, if not more, that he is going to try to deceive to turn against Jesus Christ. Now, these men have never been tempted or anything of that nature, but they will be for a time season. Jesus will fight Satan on his own and consume him by the word or by the fire, the sword of his mouth and all those that follow him. Now, when the church comes to this point right here, we end this age when John says he saw, sees a vision, then we have the seven churches, and then what changes the time frame is this right here, what we call the rapture. I was talking to a lady the other day that has been a member of the church for years, all of her life, Carol. And she said, and I said, well, you know, we're getting ready to talk about the rapture. She said, what? I said, you know, the rapture. What? I said, you know, when Jesus comes back, she said, what? Well, most people don't even know that there is a rapture. But the rapture which is the word is not found in the bible but it simply means the great catching away and so it is called the rapture and this rapture takes place at the end of the church age this church all those that have been born again will be translated and caught up to be with Christ and if you'll turn to first the first Thessalonians 4:13 we'll look at that in just a moment it's also known as the day of the lord the coming of the lord now this is not the second coming of the lord this is the resurrection of the saints. it's called the rapture it's called the great catching away but jesus does not return he meets his church in the air it says this but i would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep. You know, God doesn't always look at death like we do. Death is not final. It's final to the point that you don't have any more decision-making capacity. But it's not an end to existence. And so Paul tells the church that is very discouraged and distraught because they are saying, look, you told us Jesus was coming back, but we've got people dying. What's happening to them? And Paul says, "I'll, I'll explain to you. Don't be troubled. And then he says, look, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Next verse, and it says, For we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so them which also are with him that are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And it says, For we say unto You, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This is the coming of the Lord for the saints, but he doesn't come to the earth or return to set up his kingdom. This right here, he meets them in the air, and the church is translated and caught up to be with him. And it says, For the Lord himself, Somebody say Jesus. He will descend from the heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. In other words, those that are laid in tombs, those that are, uh, have been uh, cremated, those that have been destroyed by fire, whatever it might be, Those people that are dead in Christ as believers, first of all, they're already with him. Could have given an amen. The Bible says in Philippians 1 that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I do not believe in the lie and the deception of purgatory. If you will read about the theological statement about purgatory it is based upon this God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that's what they use as a doctrinal statement of purgatory purgatory does not exist except in the mind of the deceivers that use it to extract money from broken people and I mean it is a sham and it should never be but people don't read their Bible. You know, I, I talked to a man one time and I said, well, why don't you read the Bible? He said, I pay my preacher to read the Bible. I don't have to do it. I thought to myself, you're, you're like crazy. Then I, and I talked to another guy and I said, well, you know, you need to get saved. He said, I don't have to be saved. I'm a Catholic. I missed it the first time. I'll get the second round. Yeah, how would you like to be a priest in hell when everybody found out that you were there that you had lied to them i wouldn't want to be that amen and uh now i'm not against catholics i'm against their false doctrine i i look i know lots of great catholics that that love god they testify of christ and they are legitimately christians and i know catholics that are filled with the holy ghost speaking tongue and you know most catholics that i know that that are christians They go to church and they pay tithe. It's the charismatic that is the weak link to the move of God. I'm just telling you the truth. But these people are in church every Sunday. They're ministering. They're caring. They're listening. And they're going through what what we would call a dead church. But they're feeding themselves on their own. And they're pursuing God, reaching out and helping people. And they're involved in their churches. Well, you know, you couldn't if you told charismatic people now you're saved. You got to get involved. They say, oh, "I want to backslide." Yeah, because Christians kind of want. Uh, how are they? Uh, they're like college kids today. Want everything for nothing, and uh, like those kids are going to have to wake up one day and realize you got to come to work. You can't just tell us you're qualified for work and us send you a check every week you got to come to work. You mean i got to get up before 12 o'clock? Yes. You're kidding me. You mean i got to put clothes on that don't have holes in them and stuff? Well, what about my drug session at 1130? Yeah. Well, you, you know, they're going to say all that. But the reality is going to come, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work. You want a college education? Get a job. Amen. Amen. You remember Dr. Newman, the, the uh, guy that was uh, involved in the emergency room in uh, Sydney, Ohio. He was a sheetrock man. He hung sheetrock and mudded it and then turned around and God called him to go to be a doctor. So he continued to do sheetrock and stuff and, went to, and, and still raised the family and went to college. You're kidding. Yeah. It's called work freak you out ain't it yeah it's freaking you out well you know what if you want a job there's a way for you to do it If you want an education there's a way for you to do it amen praise god you can't go to your neighbors and just hey i, I want to buy a new car you know my dad got me that old honda thing but i want a mercedes so i'm just going around all the neighbors so they can give me money so i can buy one how many people you think would invite you in for a cup of coffee none that i know of and, you know, we have got to realize that the world is not going to pick up your tab to make you happy. You're going to have to work. Amen. You remember, how many of you remember Dobie Gillis? You're kidding. He was a hippie. And uh, in California, and, and they'd say, work, he'd say, what? He'd freak out. He'd say, you're going to work? What? Well, That's how everybody in college and all the, the people that want people to pay for their future do. Uh, you got to work. Work. can't work. 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 What's that? Well, you know, get out and exert energy. Then we give you money for how much you put out. Now, so we understand that the rapture of the church, the great catching away, and it says this. And it says, and we which are alive. Somebody say alive. So when Jesus comes back, doesn't mean that everybody's going to be dead. It means that all of those from the resurrection of Christ, because when Jesus raised from the dead, the Bible said that the graves of the Old Testament saints were opened. And the Bible says, and they walked the streets. Man, wouldn't that freak you out if two weeks ago you buried your mother-in-law and she showed up your door? Oh, Jesus! And yeah, well, yeah, praise God. And she said, "I brought Moses, so you'll understand. You gotta honor me." I'd be saying, "The night of the living dead, hallelujah!" And so, you. <laughs> she had been sucking life out of me ever since I knew her. Anyway, so, uh, uh, but <laughs> I'm kidding. My mother-in-law's in heaven. Hopefully, she don't get my forwarding address when I'm out of there. Now. Uh, So we we realize that all the saints from the time of Jesus' resurrection will be caught up at this moment. There'll be millions, I dare say billions upon billions of people. My hope is that all my enemies are at my grave when I get raptured. And all my clothes are rotted. And all they see is the moon that God gave me. They'd be saying, do you think he meant anything by that? And I'll turn down and say, yes. (laughs) Now, so they are going to be raised. And it says that we which are alive, this is you and I, living flesh, we that remain shall be caught up. The great catching away, the rapture. We will be caught up together with them. In other words, those that come up out of the grave come first. But then we are caught up with them simultaneously. And we are caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So he doesn't come back to earth. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. From this point on, we are with God forever. Nobody gets kicked out of heaven or anything. During this period from here, chapter 6, to the end of chapter 19 is seven years. During that seven years, the church, those that are Christians, will go through the judgment seat of Christ. You mean we get judged? Yes, we do. For the things done in this human body. But it's a judgment of grace and mercy. And so if you'll go to uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And yes, I may have taught on the rapture if I taught on it last week. I'd still teach on it today. It is the hope. Remember, those that die that have no hope. What is our hope? The great hope of the Christian is not goods that will corrupt, but the hope of the resurrection. That hope that we hear the trumpet, the voice, and the Archangel, that's what we want to hear. Amen? And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 1, Paul writes, and he says this, For we know that it is our earthly house of this tabernacle, which were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So the eternal house, our glorified body, is in heaven now we are translated and we are taken to heaven and then it says this for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven so if so be that we being clothed we shall not be found naked and we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that the mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, confident, knowing this, that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, we labor, we work, we work in the kingdom. We labor that whether we are present or absent, we might be accepted of him. You have to do things with your salvation. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. But every, everyone may receive the things that are done in this body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or evil. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. This talks about what takes place at the judgment seat of Christ. And a lot of times people believe that the rapture will not take place. They believe that this will not happen. These are called kingdom people. In other words, they believe that if they are caught up to meet Jesus, they are transformed and immediately come back to heaven. But that's not true because the Bible says that we ascend unto Christ, that where he is, that's where we shall be also. So we do know, and we have to be clothed upon with a glorified body that awaits us in heaven. Paul says it's in heaven, and then he says it's from heaven. So we have to understand that there is a transformation that does not take place in being half caught up in the air and then coming back. The other thing is we will see right here in uh, 1 Corinthians the third chapter, and let's look down. I think it's verse. All right, uh, verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, Christ, silver and gold and precious stones, wood, hay and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because he shall, it shall be revealed by fire. Everything that we do will be tried by fire. And it says, and the fire shall try every man's work, or what sort that it is, whether it was flesh or whether it was spirit if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon he shall receive a reward and if any man build uh if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire now this is not talking about people that purposely sin or anything of that nature it's talking about the motives behind the work that we do okay All right, now, when we are caught up, we are in heaven during this time. From chapter 6 to chapter 19, it's seven years. During this seven-year period, we are going through the judgment seat of Christ. We are being purged, sanctified. Therefore, when Jesus appears with ten thousands of thousands of thousands of his saints, according to Jude, What he returns with are people that have their robes made white. Where does the white come from? It comes from the sanctifying power of fire through the Holy Ghost. And so we are made pure or purged from wickedness. Now, realize that when Jesus comes to judge on planet Earth, when he comes back uh, right before the millennium, And The battle of Armageddon we understand that right before he comes back or when he comes back There's going to be a separation of the sheep and of the goats of the good and the bad But none of them are judged None of them are judged the ones that are alive here on earth do not go through judgment The ones that are evil and do not belong to Jesus that are goats they are cast into hell and they are reserved there until the uh they are cast into the lake of fire right here but hell is only a container place it is not the place of eternal torment hell is swallowed up and cast into the lake of fire in other words that's just a prelim that's just a prelim when people hear about hell they say oh man that's terrible nothing like the lake of fire it's just a prelim. Could it get an Amen? A prelim. I don't I don't want to make it to either one of them. I want to live for Jesus. Amen. And those little moment spurts that the that my my flesh calls me to do wrong, I don't want to do it. I want to do right. I want to go to heaven. Amen. And so we see that every man is going to be tried by fire and then. He returns. Now, when Jesus comes during the millennial with ten thousands of his saints robed in white, then we understand when he comes to judge, there is no fire at that judgment. So you couldn't say that there's just one judgment, or you couldn't say, well, we never go to heaven. Oh, no, the judgment seat of Christ is in heaven. Yeah, it's in heaven. It's not on the earth. It is in heaven. So we have to realize that we are going to be in heaven during that seven-year period of time, and we are going to be there, and we are going to be transformed. Everything carnal about us, every wrong motive and all that will be consumed by the purging fire of the Holy Ghost. Could I get an amen, absolutely. So we understand that from that time period, as soon as this happens, right here, then this goes into motion. Now, this goes into motion, and for three and a half years, Israel is blinded. Israel is blinded. They're blinded for this first three and a half years of this tribulation. But when the Antichrist comes in, right in here, and when it talks about the war in heaven, it doesn't take place at the throne room of God it doesn't take place on the streets of heaven it takes place in the heavenlies that's where the kingdom of darkness it takes place in the second heaven and that second heaven God will descend and Satan will be cast out of his throne of principalities powers spiritual weakness and rulers in heavenly places and he will be cast down to earth the, because Satan does not live in heaven do you understand that well he's the accuser of the brother. Listen, God knows your thoughts. You think that he can't hear what the devil is saying about you and against you? He doesn't have to be in heaven. Well, Job said, Job is the first book written in the Bible. And there's lots of good stuff in Job, and there's a lot of wrong stuff in Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. You've got to realize Job is stating that without any revelation of who God is. Until God comes to him and says, where were you when I created? Then he begins to get a revelation. But before that, Job was just doing what he had been handed down by his fathers or by his forefathers. That's how he was worshiping God. That's why he was offering up sacrifices all day. He didn't have any. You only have to do this once a year. You only have to do this once a year. He didn't have any of that. So he did what he had learned from his parents and his grandparents he did it all the time and so we understand that you know god doesn't give and god doesn't take away well it sure seemed like that well that just is a seem like a lie god doesn't give and god doesn't take he's not an indian giver i'm not against indians so don't you know i i got indian in me i don't know where it is but i it's in there I, i'm telling you and uh so i'm not against indians and, and i'm not saying anything wrong i'm just telling you that god's not in what they would call an Indian giver somebody made a deal and take it back so when god says that there's going to be a, a war in heaven he, there's going to be a war but it's not going to be a war where satan is going to have access to heaven itself what kind of god would let evil come in the Bible says God hates the appearance of evil. And you think he allows Satan to come in and him to look at him and talk to him on a uh, straight across the board level? Is that, is that how you think that d- Satan has such an audience with God that God pays attention to him? Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And uh, so... The the church is here. God causes Israel to be blind. Their eyes are open. If you go to 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, this is where Israel is awakened. So 2 Thessalonians 2. Now I know you might say, well, this is not all in Revelation. It's going to get you there. And I don't want to, these are all important events. This is us right here. This is us. This is us. This is us. This is prophetic. We will not be here for this. But we need to know about this. And we need to prophetically know that this is going to happen. But we will not be here in these 15 chapters. We will be with Christ appearing before the judgment seat of Christ being purified by fire but we can tell what is going to happen here, and we should warn people about what's going to happen, but I'm not preparing for any of this. Well, what about survival food? Stop spending your money. Buy ice cream now. (laughs) What is wrong? Listen to me. You remember 2001, 2000-whatever-it-was, the crash? I never had a church service that lasted to midnight until that came, all these guys were writing books, you know, oh, God told me he was going to do this, and God said this, and God said this. And all the church went brain dead. And they started buying all these books. And guess what? Y2K, I stayed open to 12 o'clock. My phone worked. My computer worked. My lights were still on. I said, now go home and quit believing those lies. But you didn't send your books back. You kept them. They're still on your bookshelf. You ought to send them back and say, look, give me my money back on and tell everybody you're a false prophet. But we don't require anything of liars. We just keep supporting them. Stop it. Now, look, and so when the church takes the rapture, this right here takes place and we see it, but we're not partakers of it amen and so we don't have to worry about survival food and I want to tell you something I don't know they say it lasts 40 years 20 years 30 years how many of you would dig up a pharaoh and reach in there and eat one of his sandwiches Oh, just add water. I'm just telling you, It's listen, Hannity, you guys are all lying to us. If you think I believe you sat down and eat that stuff just to enjoy yourself, you're lying. I don't believe that at all. I just don't. Well, what are you going to do if we run out of food? I'm going to eat you. You got to do what you got to do. Amen i want to have you stew hallelujah but look we why are we falling for this stuff what is wrong with us if you want to be safe if you're caught in this right here buy guns why because you can take a gun and go rob your neighbor's food you can go to hannity's and get his supplements or whatever they're going to be you can go there and rob him And you'll still have your gun. People will barter for a gun. They won't barter for a freeze-dried banana. Are you kidding me? Listen, when we become Christians, we don't become stupid. Oh, we... My wife and I, I guess Jim Baker is one of the big, we, we, just, we just sat around sometimes, just opened up. It's so delicious. You, do you believe that? You, you do not believe that. If you do, you see me after this, because I want to sell you a couple of bridges that I believe will help you. Listen, we have got to stop being foolish. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, well, glory to God. So in this time, Second Thessalonians 1, and it says this, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the gathering together unto him, the rapture. And it says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by uh, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter or from us, as the day of the Lord is approaching or is at hand. And then the next one says, let no man deceive you, that by any means that that day shall not come except there come a falling away. Now we've heard of this great falling away, but the. The word falling away doesn't mean to forsake. It means there will be a great separation from truth. It's not that the church will not grow. See, there, there are churches growing today. They have no doctrine. They, have no, they don't teach anything except self-help. And You say, but, but no. no, no, doctrine is what causes people to stand. Amen. Doctrine, this is our doctrine. We believe this. You know how many preachers don't believe in the virgin birth, don't believe in a resurrection, don't believe in a rapture? And our pulpits are filled with them. So why would you preach if there's not a virgin birth? Why would you preach if there was no resurrection? For we above all men are most miserable if Christ did not raise from the dead. The Bible said that when men in Paul's day preached that the resurrection was past, they overthrew the faith of some. We create social churches, social gatherings. But we we we're not building churches. We need to build churches. Hallelujah! Absolutely. And it says this. And except that that day come, except there be a great falling away. So the church will enlarge. But it's that they will declare that Jesus is Lord, but they'll refuse to submit to his power. And that word power, that means this, that they refuse to be governed by his word. And you go and you find churches today. Hey, why why aren't you doing that? Ah, well, you know, that's not necessary today. Oh, we don't do that. People don't like that. You're a shepherd. You don't... Oh, hey, hey sheep, I'm sorry you didn't like that corn yesterday. Let me go and get you something else. What would you like? You throw it down there and let them guys eat or let them starve to death. Look, you're a shepherd. You don't patty cake with your congregation. You preach to your congregation. And you preach them truth whether they like you or run you out of town. Amen. Amen. So we we can't just allow people to have churches, not even preach the truth, but they do. Hallelujah. Like you hear all the time, well, there are many ways to get to Jesus. Yeah, well, you better make sure you take God's way. Huh? Well, I I think that, you know, Buddha, we're, we're all just taking different directions. We're headed to the same place. No, we ain't. I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. We are not headed the same place. I'm not going with you, Buddha. I'm not doing it, hallelujah. Praise God. And then it says this, And let no man deceive you, that by that day will not come except there is a forsaking of the truth or a disownership of the lordship of Christ over those that confess him as Lord. Jesus said, How do you call me Lord and don't do what I say to you? And then he says, Unless there first be a, a falling away and the man of sin be revealed. Where is the man of sin revealed? Right here. This is where he, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, enters in and goes into the Holy of Holies. Now, the Holy of Holies is the tabernacle of David. It is not the tabernacle of Solomon. It doesn't matter if you find every stone Solomon ever used. Solomon's tabernacle was Solomon's. God is in covenant that David, I, will dwell in your tabernacle. What is the tabernacle of David? It is the church in the wilderness. It is a skin tabernacle. It will be set up in one day. Not going to take a hundred years to rebuild, but I've heard, I've heard. That's why we have the Bible. We got to quit hearing. It's real simple. There is a restoration of the tabernacle of David, not of Solomon. Solomon is not relevant to you and I. David's tabernacle is relevant. And that Antichrist will enter in and he will stop the sacrifices, which they will have started again because that's where Israel is. They will start offering up sacrifices again and the Antichrist will come into the Holy of Holies and he himself will say, I am God. When he says that I am God, Matthew, the 24th chapter says that tribulation like no other time will begin there'll be no hiding place you will flee to the mountains this has to do with Israel doesn't have to do with us the Gentile church there will be one that is going to stay and one that will leave and pray that it's not in winter and pray that you are not with child because it will be hard And they're going to run because this Antichrist is going to seek to destroy them. Now, the Antichrist has been on the scene through here. But he's never defiled Israel's worship of God. But at this point, he will. And when he does, God will begin to pour out his wrath upon the godless in a way that has never been seen nor ever recorded. Now, these will be bad can you imagine everything in the sea being dead you you want to talk about stink and then a third of the people on planet earth are going to be killed in one day a third who's going to bury all those people you say oh well, i'm gonna bury my own maybe you want you just leave them lay And the whole world is going to stink, be filled with corruption, sickness and disease, starvation, hunger. All of the vegetation is going to be wiped out in one day. Listen, this stuff is real. But God is saying, you want a godless life? I'll show you what a life without me is. And he will pour out the wrath of God. Against the unrighteous, but the Bible says we have not been appointed under wrath But we through Christ have received our salvation And you can find that in Romans uh, 5 and I think it's 9 and 10 You can find it in 1st Thessalonians the fifth chapter and you will find that the church is gone Hallelujah the church is gone. And so we are headed for this event and We are going to escape this event here But understand that the Antichrist is going to come here. And at the same time, when he comes here, right in the middle of a seven-year period, we'll find that out in Daniel, that seven years divide up into two classes. There's 70 weeks in the first, 70 weeks in the next. It's three and a half years in the first part of tribulation and a three and a half-year period in the second part of tribulation. And the Bible says that when this tribulation comes, that it is an outpouring of god's wrath now realize that when the antichrist sets up right there then what happens if you go with me one more time we're going to close up right here go to romans the 11th chapter and if you want to find out something about israel read uh romans 9 10 and 11. it is paul dealing with israel why they have been separated, why they have been disconnected from God for the sole purpose that mercy and grace may come up on the Gentiles. And then it says in uh, Romans 11, and let's look at verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it. And the rest were what? Blinded. Remember? Remember? I said they're blinded in this time period to hear. They're blinded. God has given them a spirit of blindness. Why? Because of their rebellion. Listen, we can't just keep sinning and expect that God does nothing. You keep poking yourself in the eyeball, you'll go blind. <laughs> you keep sinning against God, I'm telling you, he'll leave you to yourself. Exactly yeah. I'd hate to think what I would look like without Phyllis's scrutinizing eye. And, and then it says this. According as it is written, God hath given them a spirit of what? Eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow their, down their back always. Now, look at this right here. When this comes, guess what? When this trumpet sounds in the middle of the tribulation, Israel's blindness falls. Their ears are awakened and the spirit of slumber comes off of them. Now they are awakened. Now, they've been seeking God through sacrifice. Their tabernacle has been defiled. Now, they run. In the same time period right here, we have 144,000 Jews, 12 out of every tribe, that have been marked by God. They carry a mark of God in them. I don't know if it's a visible mark. I don't know if it's a hidden mark. But there's 144,000. Now, Jehovah Witness says that's 144,000 elders that have went to heaven. Well, if that's who's all gone. There ain't no sense in being Jehovah Witness. They've oh, they already had that many die. So where do you think you're going to go? They're going to have to have another stage. They're going to have to recreate and rewrite their gospel and say, Hey, we've got good news. Jehovah Witness just found an expansion program. God has enlarged. There's now another 144,000. Bunch of crazy people. All right. And then... 144,000 people are going to start preaching. Jesus will appear to them all at once. They will be saved in a moment of time, and they will begin to preach. And when this happens, we enter into a dispensation of not only preaching people that are marked by God, right here, 144 sealed, but the other thing happens is this. Angels start preaching the gospel. Angels start preaching the gospel. Well, they don't know the gospel. Oh, they've been. Remember, the Bible says in 1 Peter that they gather to watch, and they are amazed at what God has done, and they're hearing testimonies of the, from the mouths of the saints that have been saved. Now, they've not been saved, but they'll preach the gospel just as Isaiah preached it in a symbolism, Isaiah 53. He never experienced it, but he preached it. Angels will preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going to get with this next week, and we're going to start right here where everybody wants to find out how bad these horses are. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going to find out. We needed a foundation to get us up here and to divide our timelines. Remember three timelines. That which was, had been, or what he has saw. That which was is a reality right now, the present church age. And that which will come. God reveals it to us to warn us. But even as judgment falls on the earth, they will be cursing God and not getting saved. Can can you imagine that? I I would hate to be here. Talk about global warming. I can imagine all the fish just die. Global warming. (laughs) Yeah, it's warming up, brother. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, a third of the people just die. What kind of plague is this? Judgment. Yeah. I'm telling then all the greenery is gone. Talk about winter, buddy, this would be an ugly place. No grass, no nothing. Your animals can't eat. They're all gonna be dying. Well, you talk about a stench that you think Egypt stunk be nothing compared to a world dying. A world dying. Hallelujah. Stand your feet and let's pray. Praise the Lord. So next week, we're going to get right into here. Chapter 6, 1 up to uh, 8, 5. We're going to talk about these horses. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, unveiling to us that which is. That which is right now, present day, God. That, God, we are under a time of grace and mercy That you yourself, God, has given us the privilege to judge ourselves. He that is spiritual judges all things. God, he that receives the covenant of Christ in communion, judges himself that will not be judged with the world. God, grace and mercy has been extended to us, and we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let every day be a day of awakening, God, a day of sanctification, a day of purging, God, a day of laying down, but God, a day of picking our cross up. And then, God, we just ask that, Father, you would help us understand the book of Revelation, that we can share it with people, and that God, men and women, can understand that there is a day of wrath that we seek to escape, and only Jesus is the doorway of deliverance. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday morning, I'm continuing the message that started before Easter, and you don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. God bless you.